All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I am super excited this week because we've got an absolute legend in the fitness industry, all the way from Ontario, Canada as well. It's... um. I think he's the complete opposite. It's 9 a.m. on Wednesday over here. I think it's 8 p.m. Tuesday over there or or something like that. Uh, But a little bit about this person. His goal is to help a million entrepreneurs find success. He's grown his company, Two Brain Business, to be one of, if not the largest gym mentorship company in the world. Uh, The businesses his client or his, um, his clients consistently grow their businesses faster and outperform their peers uh, by a wide margin, mainly because of the one-on-one guidance they get delivered by the certified two brain mentors. Uh, He owns several other businesses as well. He's got a gym, a fitness coaching practice, a media company, uh, the author of dozens of eBooks, plenty of business books, a few of my favorites as well, the Two Brain Business book, um, the Help First book, and he's also just released a recent book as well, the Gym Owner's Handbook. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Mr. Chris Cooper from Two Brain Business. Chris, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm, I'm hoping I can live up to that intro. That was great. Thank you. That's the whole podcast, right? <laughs> so I've, I've had podcasts <laughs> that, that go shorter than just introducing you. But um, no, it's an honor to have you on. Chris, I've, I've read your books years ago, you know, so it's, it's um, amazing to have you on here. Uh, Chris, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up? Do you have one? Yeah. Yeah, sure, John. So um, I've been talking to Jocko Willink, who's very popular in the States. Yeah. Um, he's he's the author of Extreme Ownership and the Dichotomy of Leadership. And he's speaking at our event in three weeks. Wow. And one of the things he said to me uh, on the phone last week was, these are great operating conditions for a gym. And um, so Jocko's a gym owner. He's actually a CrossFit affiliate. He's got a jujitsu place in his gym. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, you know, when we were in Iraq and we would be uh, forming up for a mission and the weather would just turn terrible, it'd be like cold rain and sleet. And uh, all the guys would go, oh no, are we really going to go out in this mission? And I would say, good. These are perfect operating conditions because the other guys won't want to be out fighting either. And um, I think right now, you know, gym for gym owners worldwide, these are excellent operating conditions. And a lot of gyms, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand included here, are starting through the storm. Yes. Sorry, just cut out the, your last sentence cut out there, actually, Chris. You said Australia, New Zealand, and then it cut out. Sorry, man. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Australia, New Zealand, a lot of places worldwide are just starting to reap the benefit now of mm-hmm. of having worked through that storm uh, that a lot of gyms didn't survive. And, you know, we're tracking a data set. We can talk about that later, Jono, but like we're seeing a surge of between 8 and 30% of revenues for boot camps, CrossFit affiliates, and personal trainers right now. 
Wow, that's amazing. There's a few. Let me just, uh, I'll give my two cents on that because I, I love that. I'm a huge fan of uh, Jocko myself. I've read all his books. So I listen to him on YouTube every now and then, you know, very motivating. And yeah, I love how he's mentioned that because it, it comes back to the way I look at that is if it was easy, anybody could do it. You know, and I, I look at it from, from my side of things, from a business side of things, if something is expensive, if, I, if there's an expensive business mentor, good, because I know 99% of my competitors aren't going to do that business mentoring because it's too expensive, right? Um, or maybe yeah. it's in the other side of the world and I need to travel, you know, to the USA or I need to get up at three in the morning to get to the calls. Good, because I know 99% of my people won't, uh, my competitors won't do it. So it's what's going to get me ahead. And if it's easy, anyone's going to do it. So you're not going to get ahead. So, and I know you're a huge fan of hard work, Chris. So I'm sure you um, yeah. relate with that as well. But yeah, I love how you've mentioned that. And if we bring it back to the gym space, it almost, cut, lack of a better word, cuts off a lot of the crap. You know, if you were before COVID and maybe you weren't that good of an operator or, you know, you weren't running your business successfully, you didn't have some funds saved up, COVID might have wiped you out. And that's, yeah. that's unfortunate for that person there. But for the people that were set up good, and yeah, it might have been tough during COVID, you're going to find yourself with less competition, increased revenue. So I think that's a, a very good point. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, sure, man. And you actually reminded me of a story from um, finding my first mentor. And uh, so I started as a personal trainer. I started in 1996. And in 2005, I opened my first gym. 2008, I had two gyms. One was a personal training studio and one was a CrossFit gym. And the personal training studio was okay. I mean, I was working 70 hours a week there, but it was paying me. You say the CrossFit affiliate. Did you say 17 hours? Did you say they crystal? Seven zero hours a week. hours, okay. Yeah. And the CrossFit affiliate was bleeding me dry. And um, so after about, I had been in business about three years and I finally realized I, I'm just, I'm not going to just figure this out. I'm outworking everybody. You know, I'm the first gym open. I'm the last gym closed. I'm clean. Uh, I, I feel like I know more than the others on my street, but they all seem to be making more money and taking Saturdays off. And a friend of mine said, I have an opportunity. Um, there was a local entrepreneur who had really turned around a big industry plant in our city. And his legacy was to mentor five local entrepreneurs. And uh, I had an in. And this friend of mine said, I can get you into his program. It's $500. And I said, I don't have $500. He said, just show up, just show up for the first meeting, see what happens. So I showed up and we, we talked for about two and a half hours and it was, it didn't go the way that I thought it would. And at the end of the meeting, this mentor, Dennis said, that's going to be $500. And I said, I don't have it. And he said, I know you don't. And that's why it's $500. The guy ahead of you paid $10,000. Wow. You are paying $500 because you don't have it and you're going to have to fight to get it. And later that afternoon, I went back to my gym and, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, I wrote this guy a check. It's going to bounce. I hope he doesn't cash it, but I knew he would. And, and the next client that walks in the door, I said, hey, Lynn, do you want to buy 10 personal training sessions in advance? And he said, yeah, sure. And he pulled out his credit card and, and paid. And I would never have done that if I hadn't needed to cover that $500 check. And, um, you know, the, the client would have still shown up on time. 
I would have trained him. I would have said, Hey, how's it going? Instead of, do you want to buy 10 uh, sessions in advance? And um, the key though, John, I was like, I had to overcome my ego before I was open to mentorship. And then as soon as I was the right mentor arrived and I learned something right away. Um, and you know, that's where played out and, and that's in the books. So love that. We are all piggyback off that as well. I'm a huge Tony Robbins. Right. Do you like Tony right. Robbins, Chris? You're a fan of his? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So he's one of, uh, one of my favorite quotes from his is it's never a lack of resources. It's always a lack of resourcefulness. And like mm. when it comes down to, I think that's a good example there. It's like, oh, 500 bucks. I don't have it. I don't have 500 bucks. But it's like, okay, it's not really the 500 bucks you don't have. It's the resourcefulness. Okay, let me now get resourceful. Hey, here's a way I can make 500 bucks. Damn, then, um, great, done there. And then I love the, the ego side of things as well because that's, um, I think that's what holds most people back. You almost have to admit that you're not as good as what you think you are. You know, yeah. and it's like it's, it's for a lot of us listening to this, it's probably, you know, locked into our identity. Hey, we're a good trainer. We're a good personal trainer. We're a good boot camp operator. We're a good, you know, whatever it may be. And then getting a mentor, we almost have to say, you know what? Maybe we're not as good as what we thought we were. <laughs> I think that can be, um, that can be challenging. But as soon as you do, it's, it's game changing. Any tips there, Chris, how, how someone listening to this can get over that hurdle? Yeah. So, um, I think what finally did it for me was hitting rock bottom and I, you know, I realized I wasn't going to be able to pay for my kid's college and I was never going to be able to retire. And I don't want other people to reach that point. So what I tell myself now is that when I'm, when I'm hiring a mentor, what I'm actually buying is speed. Mm. Someone else has already figured this out ahead of me and I can, I can take a shortcut to the answer if I hire a mentor and a mentor's job is not just like give you the next big idea. It's also to mentor you through the change. So for example, during COVID, um, there was a day or two when gyms were getting shut down around the world and I was kind of panicking and going, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And then I, I fell back on that question. Like who has already done this successfully? You know, who is operating online already? And then I found a few and I said, okay, who's the best in the world at this? And now I have the resources to be able to just go straight to that person and hire them and say, tell us the answer. And that's what we did. Um, when Jim started closing down first in Japan, Japan uh, sorry, first in China and then Italy and then Germany, it was working its way West. Um, by the time the first gyms in America started to shut down, we already had a pretty good plan that had been battle tested uh, because we just found the best person in the world and bought it from them. So good. That's um, I love that. I'll piggyback off that as well. You're just full of gold nuggets. I, I want to get into Thanks, the story, Chris, but it's just gold nugget, gold nugget, gold nugget. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's the rock bottom is an interesting one because that's similar with myself as well. I sort of got to a rock bottom stage and it was like, all right, hey, I need to either you know, do something or get out of the fitness industry and get a job. You know what? I'm going to pick the, the do something. And Fantastic. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's almost like a curse to be in the middle, right? It's almost like if you're doing okay, like there's not enough pain to get you to, to go to the next level, you know? So sometimes a a bottom can help. But I guess on the other side of things, maybe if you're super driven, if you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm doing okay, but I want to be the best. Then maybe you, you could as well there. Um, but I love the speed side of things. Another good Tony Robbins quote is something along the lines of there's someone, whatever it is you want to learn, there's probably someone that, well, there is someone that's been doing it for 10 years. 
They can probably <laughs> they can probably teach you what they've learned in ten years, most of it anyway, in like ten weeks. Really, sure. not everything, and not to the same level, but you can get like you've got two choices there. It's like okay, here's someone that's been doing it for ten years. I can either spend ten years to get to that stage there, or I can spend ten weeks and get it to, to ten weeks. And but it gets worse, I think, as well. Like that that even sounds good there, but it shouldn't just be the ten weeks. Then you know what? Let's get another mentor who's 10 years yeah. in front of me again and get it there. And then let me get another one and get it there. So, okay, 10 years in 10 weeks sounds good, but what about like 40 years in one year? You know, if you keep piggybacking of that. So I, I, I love how you brought that up. Um, but hey, Chris, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story. I'm a huge fan of your, your books. And oh, I thanks, like the, the, the first chapter is very powerful. Um, tell us a little bit about your situation, about how you found yourself in personal training and then what sort of happened, I think, specifically at the start there because I think a lot of trainers and a lot of people listening mm. to this will be able to relate to that. Yeah, so um, in high school, I was a pretty nerdy kid. You know, I, I had friends because I had a good sense of humor, but um, I didn't really have an athletic background. I had grown up a farmer, you know, and I, I wasn't wearing like cool clothes when I showed up to school or anything like that. And so um, we had a, a weird uh, schedule at my school. And for some reason, I had a lunch hour at 2 p.m. Uh, and, you know, nothing before that. And I only had one friend who had the same lunch hour. And he said, we're going to start working out. And, and so he drugged me into this old antiquated weight room. And they had this set from the 1970s. And we didn't know what the hell we were doing, but we did it. We did every machine every day. And, um, I, you know, I didn't really gain weight, but I suddenly started to gain a lot of confidence and I could suddenly make eye contact with people. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't like hiding from conversations. I wasn't really as shy anymore. And that was my last year of high school. And, and when I went to college, I, the first thing I did was found the weight room and I, I would often reflect and say, wow, you know, I, I can talk to girls if a teacher has a problem, I can address it. Like I can go to the teacher's office and say, I don't like this, you know, and, and I could never have done that a year ago. And um, I was two years into college and uh, I had made some friends and we were talking and I said, what's your major? And one said, uh, exercise science. And I said, what is that? And he said, oh, I, I coach people for a living. Like I'm, I teach them fitness. And I, I said, this is a job. And I changed my major that day. And, um, so then, you know, from there, it was just, where can I find a job? I, I worked through the States for a few years. I came back to Canada, took a job that I, the only job I could find and eventually wound up selling treadmills. And uh, I wasn't selling any treadmills. I couldn't figure out why. But what would happen is the I would be trying to sell treadmills all day. At five o'clock, I would flip off the lights in the store, turn the sign around, lift up the bar to the loading bay, go out into the back parking lot. And in the back parking lot, there'd be an athlete waiting for me. And uh, I would, they and I would unload my, the equipment from the back of my truck. I'd have a rusty barbell. I had a, a homemade sled. I had some sidewalk chalk so that I could put some drills and I had some cones. And we would, we would train in the back parking lot of this treadmill store. And um, I mean, spoiler alert, I couldn't sell any treadmills because I didn't believe in treadmills. I could have sold the heck out of barbells, but uh, that worked for about four months and then winter came. And, um, so I, I had to make a choice. Do I move these athletes? They're mostly teenagers 
into a gym location and and work out with them there or do i just stop and um you know i I found a gym they made me an amazing offer uh my they just wanted my athletes to buy a membership there and i quickly realized that i had to quit my job as a treadmill salesperson but i also had to eat so i just went to all of my clients and again this is not natural for me but i was desperate to make a living at this and and i said you know do you do you have anybody is there one person in your life that you'd like to share this gift of fitness with and doubled my clientele overnight and that was enough um and then of course you know that gym went bankrupt because they were too generous with the trainers and uh uh, personal training studio snapped me up and um they i was writing columns at the time for uh t nation like testosterone.net i was writing columns for local um, online newspapers so this was about 2001 and people were calling me you know and uh asking advice i was getting a lot of referrals for high school kids and then um so i got offered this spot in a personal training facility and I was there for about two years. Um, but to the end, like people were just showing up and asking for me. And there was one day when I worked 13 hours back to back without a break, I was selling one-on-one training for an hour at a time. And I had 13 clients in a row wow. and I said, okay, I'm exhausted, but I, I've got a brand new baby at home. Uh, my wife wants to leave her job. I made a lot of money today and I counted up what I had earned and it just wasn't enough. You know, it, it, it wasn't worth it. And I said, okay, well, the, the only way that I'm going to make a better living here is to open my own gym. And that was uh, 2005. I opened Catalyst. Um, yeah, October 25th, 2005. Awesome. And then, you know, yeah, the story awesome. goes from there. So Awesome. All right. Well, let's, let's recap there because I think there's some really good points there. I think even just off the bat, just from that story, there's even two tips that like any single person could do now listening to this to increase their revenue. The first one was just the, the straight up, hey, do you want 10 sessions of personal training? And it doesn't even need to be a, a 10 pack, but if someone's listening to this, what are maybe some longer options? You know, hey, is there a new membership? You know, is there a 12 week membership? Is it a block membership? Whatever it may be, it, it can be a good way, whether you sell yeah. it in direct debit or whether it's upfront, it can be a good way to, to get that revenue in, whether it's short term or long term. And then just even the referral was like, okay, you want to double your, your clientele overnight? Just ask every single one of your, your clients if they've got any, any friends that want to train. And then there you go. There was, you doubled your clientele that way there. Even if it's not doubling, like you're probably going to get a few extra clients there. And if someone's, do, if someone's um, listening to this and they just did those two things there, great. There's some tips that can help. Um, all right, cool. And then what yeah. from there, Chris? There's probably going to be a lot of people listening to this, which is like, great, this sounds like Chris. <laughs> But I'm still at that point. You know, I'm still at that that 13-hour point there. Or maybe, you know, now, hey, I've gone, gone and opened up a studio, um, but I'm working just as much anyway, and now there's the overhead of the, the, the yeah. studio as well. Was it smooth sailing for you when you opened that gym, or were there some hurdles there? No. I mean, I, I was keeping more of the money that I made, but the first half of the month, all you were doing was paying the rent. You know, and and then so you would scramble and book as many hours as you could. And so I was working probably even more hours, you know, because I'd have to be the first to the gym and the last one out. And um, so I thought, well, I'll hire some help. I'll bring in another trainer. And uh, there were people asking me for work. So I brought in another trainer. We worked out a, a pay schedule for him. 
and he quickly filled. I mean, he had 30 clients in a heartbeat, wow. brought in a third trainer and then a fourth. And um, Sorry, just in 2000, was this, yeah. was this the personal training studio, this gym? Yeah, or- yeah. I, I mean, so so to back up a little, Jono, the first personal training studio, we rented an apartment that was above a wedding planner's shop. And I mean, there was there was wallpaper on the walls and carpet on the floors. And we had to pry some cupboards off the walls to get started. And I just, I plopped some rubber mats on top of the carpet and I painted the wallpaper green. And we started lifting weights and working out and, you know, it was hot. There was no air conditioning and, but, but the clientele grew, you know, and um, so, and it was just, it was direct referral. You know, I, I would ask a client, Hey, um, you know, who's your coach? And I'd email the coach and say, just so you know, I'm training Michaela on Saturdays. Here's our plan. Does that look okay to you? I didn't need the coach's blessing. And I knew that I knew way more about strength and conditioning than the coach. All I was doing was building a bridge. And that almost always resulted in at least one more referral. Um, And then, you know, so, so that was working and I was actually starting to make a little bit of money but the problem was I was exhausted and I was working six days a week, often six or seven clients in a row, just kind of hating life. And then in 2008, we found CrossFit and we, we did a test, a pilot group and we had 12 people sign up. It was free. And I coached one group and I said, this is amazing. This is all I want to do for the rest of my life and quickly opened up a second gym that was just for CrossFit. And that almost bankrupted me. Um, because I skipped a step. And if people are listening to this and they're doing personal training in a gym or they own a personal training studio, um, take this advice. If you get nothing else from this interview, start partnering people up, train people two on one or three on one or four on one before you jump to group training. The, the group training model is good, but when you open a group training facility, you open up this huge chasm between where you are and where you want to go. You, you take on all this overhead. It's hard to figure out what to price. You will make way more money in less time if you're just partnering people up and training them two on one. Yes, love that. And it's even a different skill set, isn't it? You can be an amazing one on one trainer. That's not necessarily going to relate to you being an amazing CrossFit trainer or a a boot camp trainer there, like they're, they're completely different skill sets. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think anything you can do to, to sort of bridge that, whether it's the two on one or even the four on one, like anything there to, to, to help with that side of things. And I like that model as well. Like the, the semi-private, I think that's important if priced properly. I think what a lot of trainers do here as well, do over here in Australia anyway, is say their personal training rate is whatever, $80 per hour. Okay, great. Yeah. You can do a four-on-one and it's, you know, 25 each, you know, so a little bit better for the, the trainer, you know, making 100 or whatever. But what would be better <laughs> is, you know, hey, it's $80, but there's four of you there, you know, and then even, right. the, even the, the sales side of things as well, where I think if you are, how do I put this? I think if you are a one-on-one personal trainer, like you really value one-on-one personal training, you know, it's what you do, it's the best thing, it's the most personal, which all that is true. Um, but if you devalue the group side of things, it then becomes hard to sell the group side of things, right? But if yeah. you've done some some sort of group stuff as well, you can be like, well, hold on. Okay, maybe it's not one-on-one personal training, but look at all these other benefits 
You know, you can come multiple times a week. You can meet other people. You can, you know, pair yourself up against other people. If it's a CrossFit thing, there's competition, you know, who's going to win the the AMRAP today or who's going to, you know, get the most uh, rounds or or whatever it may be. So I think that side of it is, is important there. So, Okay, and then how did you find the solution, Chris? So you've got the PT studio. That's that's yeah. uh, bringing in money, but you're working yep. your ass off. You've got um, the CrossFit uh, studio, which is bleeding you dry. What- yeah, <laughs> that's right. So um, what happened, I ran both of them for about two and a half years and then um, had what I call my park bench moment, which is I was out of money. I was working just as hard. I wasn't going to be able to pay the rent at the CrossFit gym. Uh, I had payroll due. I had just skipped paying myself two weeks in a row mm-hmm. and you know we needed to buy groceries. And I was, it was summertime. I was sitting on this park bench in this park and um, you know, it was hot. I think I was maybe just punishing myself by not sitting in the shade and <laughs> the sweats rolling off me. And I'm like, I'm not going to figure this out, but somebody obviously has, and I, I walked uh, out of the park, across the street, up the fire escape to my personal training studio to start with my evening clients. And the phone rang. And uh, the guy on the end of the line said, Chris, there's a mentorship uh, program. I've got one spot for you if you can do it. And, and uh, the rest is kind of history. We started turning the gym around. Um, I, I learned this this trick uh, to help me remember things early on in life because my parents are both teachers. And that is if whenever I learn something, I turn around and pretend that I'm teaching it to somebody else. And the best, isn't it? Yeah, that's how I retain it. Um, and so after I had my first session with my mentor, I went out to my truck in the parking lot and I was so mentally exhausted that I fell asleep for about 25 minutes. And then I, I drove across town to my gym and, and I'm like, okay, remember this, remember this, remember this. And I'm juggling everything in my head. And all I can think to do is sit down and type it out so that I didn't lose it all. And I did that. And then the second time that happened, um, I said, okay, you know what? If this guy's going to make me pay 500 bucks a session, then I'm just going to share everything he tells me for free. I'll teach him. And so I made a blog on TypePad because Seth Godin, my hero, had a blog on TypePad. And I called it don'tbuyads.com mm-hmm. uh, because you know I thought my first mentor was going to give me a marketing strategy. And he said, don't buy ads. You're not ready for one more client yet. And um, I, I started blogging there. And I, I posted a lesson there every single day for about three and a half years. And eventually... Um, People were reading it. I was getting about 110 readers a day. CrossFit was sharing it quite often. And uh, I got invited to speak in Florida. Um, the other speakers were pros. I mean, they had materials. They they had presentations and PowerPoint and everything. I had nothing. And I so I said, I got to show up. I can't show up empty-handed. Uh, what if I just take my top 10 blog posts and print them off and uh, pack them in a suitcase and travel with them? And then I said, well, I'm nervous about crossing the border with that. And then, you know, once I get there, I can't afford a rental car. They're going to pick me up at the airport, deposit me at the hotel and pick me up when it's time to talk again. And um, so the the cheapest way to get this stuff printed was to use a self-publishing service. And this was before Amazon did it. I found a different service called Lulu. Um, drew a cover of my book because you you can't print it without a cover on Lulu. 
So I hand drew this cover called Two Brain Business and uh, shipped 30 copies to this speaking place. And I mean, the the book had no page numbers. Uh, it didn't have a table of contents. There were misspellings. There were like hand-drawn pictures in the book. And that's the best-selling fitness business book of all time <laughs> with 26,000 copies sold. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then give us, give us some stats there, Chris. So you went from, you know, bank, uh, not paying yourself to two weeks at the most successful point. How was that gym going? Well, um, so we, we reached this point where the gym was doing about $72,000 a month in gross revenue. And that was its best month. And, um, at that point though, I was already getting calls from a lot of other gym owners. So this was 20 early 2013 and the gym was really rolling. And um, I was getting pulled away. Like every single month, I'd have a, a speaking engagement. It happened really quickly. And, uh, or I, I would be invited to go somewhere, or I was doing 10, 12 calls with gym owners a week and loving it, just having the time of my life. And finally, I said, it's time for me to make another jump and I need to hire a general manager to run my gym. And so I did that. I promoted a coach to general manager. She was good, but, um, you know, she wasn't me and people were used to seeing me. And so, um, at that point, you know, it it became obvious that like the gym couldn't sustain $70,000 a month without me in the building and I was traveling. And so I had to make a choice. And so I said, you know, I'm, I'm loving coaching other gym owners right now. And I'm going to go all in on this. And uh, so, so the gym slowly came back down to about 50, 54,000 a month at that point. And um, yeah, I mean, so the, you know, we, we kind of hit a plateau there and just stayed there. And now the gym pays me a hundred thousand a year. Um, I own the building that the gym is in. So it pays me rent. And um, like, I, I don't go there, you know, I, I work next door. I own that building too, but um, you know, if I show up at my gym, it's just to work out. That's amazing. And anyone listening to this, what I recommend doing is go and check out Chris's website. It's twobrainbusiness.com. He's got blogs on there. He's got resources. You can find copies of his books on there. Like go and check that out because that's a pretty impressive story there. I'll just Thanks. piggyback on something Chris said. And there's just a couple of closing questions I like to finish up with. The best way to learn, hands down, I agree with that. And I found it similar to myself as well. So I was running a boot camp, and then I started uh, running a course on how to help other trainers you know, run their boot camp. And just by learning different things and, you know, and then finding a way to, to teach it to other people or um, and even if I didn't, to be honest, like even if I, I would always go in with that mindset. And even if I didn't teach it to someone else or give the work out to someone else, just um, studying it like that just gives it yeah. a whole other perspective. Sometimes I even just think it in my head. Okay, if I was going to have an imaginary conversation with this person here, how would I explain it to them? So I think it's a very good point, and especially now with, with the internet. So if anyone's listening to this, hey, go and write a blog. Even if yeah. no one reads it, who cares? You know, um, go and, there's, there's a million Facebook groups. Go in my Facebook group you know, and post your workout in there or, or post whatever it is. There's, there's, there's 15,000 trainers in there. Someone's going to read it. You know, whether, sure. whether it, um, <laughs> it generates your business or at least some people will, will start reading it. So I think that's important. Now, Chris, I like a couple of questions. I, well, one question I always like to finish up with is around mentors. So you're yeah. a mentor to 
probably most fitness professionals out there in the world. Uh, I'm curious to you who your biggest mentors have been and if you could answer it in a few different ways. If you could mention a paid mentor or two, so someone that you've actually paid yep. money to and done their program, uh, someone that you haven't paid any money to, but it might be a friend, it might be someone you follow on social media, you watch their YouTube videos, whatever it may be, uh, and then a book apart from your own that uh, that you recommend every fitness professional should read. Boy, John, those are such great questions. So the the unpaid mentor is an easy one. Um, when I was starting in business, one of the first people uh, who came to my new gym to work out was um, an auto body mechanic named Nick Palumbo. And Nick was a giant of a man and he had this huge beard before it was cool to have a huge beard. And he was probably about 350 pounds and six foot five. And he would only like to bench press. So every time he showed up, he wanted to bench press. And um, he also lived near me. And so some nights, mostly on the nights when I was kind of going through the dark night of the soul, I would go to his house and Nick would sit at his, at his dining room table and his wife, uh, Wilma was very prim and proper. And so there, there would be like doilies on the armchairs and Nick would have to sit on a towel cause he'd come in from the shop and he wasn't allowed to smoke in the house, you know, but he would just tap a cigarette. And one, one night I was in his house and he said, Chris, you've got 80 people who hang on your every word at that gym. They they eat what you tell them to eat and they, they get more sleep when you tell them and they do the workouts and they show up every day and you're, you're the only person who tells them they're doing something right. The only one in their whole life. You need to charge them more money. And I said, Nick, I can't, I can't raise the rates on my friends. And he said, Wilma, he yells in the kitchen, where's our checkbook? And she comes out. He writes this check for $135. And at the time I was charging like $99 a month or something. He writes this check for $135. He rips it off and he says, there's my membership for next month. And if you charge anybody less than me, you're screwing me. Wow. And I, so I had to raise rates and uh, that, that did it, you know? That's awesome. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Um, paid mentor. So um, Dennis Turcott was the first. He he was the one that I was mentioning earlier. Um, when we started Two Brain Business, though, <laughs> I had this crazy, crazy moment of serendipity. So I went to a summit to watch Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk, and um, they they went all day speaker, 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 no lunch break. At 12 o'clock, there was a speaker I didn't recognize. And so I said to my wife, We're, let's cut across the street and get a sandwich. And we stood up and I started to walk up the aisle. And in the first two minutes of this guy's speech, I was so captivated that I sat down in the aisle and listened to him. Yeah. And um, this guy's name was Dan Martell. <clears throat> and so we listened to the whole speech. It was amazing. We skipped. We actually left early. We left during Gary Vaynerchuk's talk. I was starving. While we were sitting there all day, my phone died and uh, we got to the airport just in time to catch our flight. I plugged in my phone to charge it up and there was a, a voicemail from Dan Martell, the, the guy who had just had me riveted at this talk. And he said, hey, I, I heard you're the CrossFit guy. I just bought a CrossFit gym. Come backstage. I want to talk to you. I'll introduce you to Seth. Just bang on the green room door. 
you know, and of course this was several hours old. So, and I mean, Seth, Seth is my hero. So I called him back and I'm like, Dan, I'm at the airport, man. I'm sorry. I missed your message. And he said, that's okay, Chris. You know, I, I, I really want to talk to you. Can we talk tomorrow? And, um, we spoke for about three hours the next day. Wow. And he said, look, you know, I, I coach people, uh, who own software companies. How big is your business? I said, it's about, we do about a quarter million a year. He said, you're not big enough. You, you cannot work with these guys. The, everybody in my group is like one to 10 million, mm. but I, I want you to come anyway. And he's like, it's going to be $40,000 a year to work with me. And I said, Dan, I've been down this road before, man. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I signed up and spent the next two years immersed with uh, a dozen people who were all way bigger than me in business. And my business grew from, you know, a quarter million to a million to 4 million, just bang, bang, bang. And uh, that was Dan's mentorship group. And then, um, you know, I worked with a few others after him, uh, Marcy Swenson, who was amazing for leadership and Todd Herman. Now I work with Taki Moore. Um, The Australian. Yes, sir. Uh, Maybe New Zealander. I can't, I can't tell. (laughs) His, his accent is too, it's in the middle, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I also work with a local psychotherapist and uh, that's really where I'm starting to develop my leadership skills is with her surprisingly. Love it. Yeah. Wow. Some amazing points there. I think some good takeaways for everyone um, listening for this. So I think it's, let me think how to put this. Okay, so here in Australia, we've got a, a big fitness convention called Filex, and it's awesome. It's the equivalent to like a CanFit Pro, right? Cool. Yeah, cool. And yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you go there, you meet a lot of people, everyone in the industry is there. You almost miss out if you don't go, right? But if all you do is go to that thing, you're probably limiting yourself because you're just amongst your peers, you know, people that are similar to you. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you go to Filex, you're probably pretty good anyway, you're probably better than most of the people there, you know? So it's hard to, you know, really yeah. grow from there. But what Chris did is he went to a place where there's people that are minimum four times better than him. And not even does he think it's four times better. Like it's statistically proven by, well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's statistically proven by their, their bank accounts that they're doing financially better than him, you know? And if you get yourself in that, uh, it's just, it's all, you almost learn by osmosis. It's the old saying, you're the average of the five people you hang out with most. You hang out with five people that tell you, no, you can't do this, or that might not work, or just do the same stuff. Hey, you're gonna do that stuff. But if you're hanging around with people that think bigger, they might just say the one thing that gives you a new idea, you implement that, and one idea can bring you in hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars if you, if you do it properly. And then the other thing as well is I'm guessing those people weren't in the fitness space. They weren't in the cross. No. Yeah. That's another, there's an advantage both ways. I think it's great if you can have a coach that's done exactly what you do in that space there. Uh, but there's also an advantage the other way where if you can get info from someone that no one else in your industry is getting, you know, and you can bring that in your industry, you can be a trailblazer there. So I think that's important. Uh, what about books, Chris? Now I know you've obviously got your book, which is one of the best <laughs> out there ever, the Two Brain Business. Thank you. And then you, I haven't read your new book, which is the Gym Owner's Handbook. That was just released a few months ago, was it? Yeah. So our mission right now, we've we've really grown our media team, and our mission is to be more concise and clear and directive. And so Gym Owner's Handbook is more step by step. 
where the original books were stories and examples of here's what I did. The new book is here's what data proves is the best thing to do. And um, yeah, that's a bit of a rabbit hole. But when we launched that book, we were already compiling the largest data set in the world for fitness gyms. And uh, so I was able to draw quite a bit on that. But I'm going to buy that. Right uh, oh, so as soon as we get off this podcast, I'm going to buy that right now. So, so great books, man. I mean, um, you know, I mentioned the dichotomy of leadership by Jocko Willink earlier. Um, well, so first I'll make you a deal, John. I'll like, I will ship you 30 copies of gym owner's handbook. If you'll distribute them wow. to your audience, I'm yeah, happy yeah. to do that. Yeah, I'll make the, book um, right now. the dichotomy of leadership by Jocko Willink was pretty amazing. Um, I really think that, that people in the fitness industry should read some older stuff like Seth Godin's permission marketing. Um, when last year, uh, if you were in the CrossFit community, there was a crisis, um, where suddenly every, you know, the, the brand itself was in crisis and some people wanted to rebrand and some people wanted to, uh, salvage the brand and, and all that stuff was going on. And there was this vacuum of leadership. And I said, it's time for this community to tell a new story who is the best storyteller in the world? And I immediately thought Seth Godin and I emailed him and he originally said, like, thanks for thinking of me, but you can't afford me. And I said, try me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And he showed up at our summit last year and, wow. um, I had forgotten that he had written about CrossFit in his book tribes, but that's another great oh, one. Yeah, He has too. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, he's, he has so many books. Yeah. But, um, I think, I think uh, extreme ownership has been really influential to me uh, recently. Um, Seth Godin's Permission Marketing is really, really big. And the book that I'm currently reading is Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And um, yeah, as I'm trying to develop myself as a leader, one of the things that I can do best is put myself in the mindset of a leader every day. 100%. Love that. Yeah, I'm... I've read Extreme Ownership, love that book, because I'm a huge fan of um, accountability. I think that's, yeah. the, as, a, as a business or anything in life, if you can learn that skill, um, you're going to be successful. I don't think I've read Dichotomy of Leadership. Is that a newer one or a later one? It's a newer one, yeah. He doesn't talk about it as much, but late in the book, Extreme Ownership, uh, he starts, the message changes a little bit from good to well, there's this, but then there's also this counterpoint. And and so dichotomy of leadership is about 30 of those examples where, you know, you must adhere to the SOPs, but you must also be flexible enough to look around and, and see like this doesn't fit, you know, and there's so many examples, but he does a really good job of, of giving business examples in that one too, and not just military ones. So I really liked it. Yeah, I'll read that. Um, yeah, I haven't read, I've read a few of Seth Godin's book, not Permission Marketing, and I follow it's Jay old. Shetty. It's okay. Well, I'll check it out. Um, and I follow Jay Shetty on social media. I haven't read his book, but I'll read that. Um, and yeah, thanks for those thirty books. I'll, I'll probably do it via Facebook. I'll do a Facebook post now. So if oh, you're fun. to the to the podcast, um, you may have already missed it. But uh, more, even more reason just to get in our Facebook group to get opportunities like this. Um, that's great. Awesome. All right. Cool. Well, hey, that's pretty much uh, everything I wanted to cover today, Chris. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to? Uh, or is there anything you want to finish us off with? No, I, I really appreciate the insights. Um, it, yeah, I, I think like 
everybody gets into the fitness industry because they want to serve. Nobody thinks it's the quickest path to making a million dollars a year. And for that reason alone, I think they deserve to be successful. Um, the message that I find myself giving now more than ever is make yourself successful first, you know, put on your own oxygen mask before you help the people around you yeah. get yourself stable, make sure that you can survive another pandemic lockdown in case it happens. Mm. And at, at that point, that's when you can be generous and, and support your community and build a legacy and take better care of your family or do whatever you want to give it all away. I don't care, mm. but make sure that you're going to be around for the next 30 years so that you can have a meaningful impact on our world. Love that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Chris. Thanks, Jono. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes, all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.